Welcome, listeners, to Journalists Are My Heroes. This is the podcast that talks to working journalists about real news, local news, storytelling, tech, and maybe even the finer points of election night pizza that seems to be common to just about every newsroom on Earth. So this has been an undercurrent of this entire podcast. Get ready. I'm going to lay it on you right now. The relationship between newsrooms and their audiences has become so fractured that it's almost like we need to get the two sides together in a classroom to study this problem and try to find consensus on how journalism even works. Well, guess what? St. Louis Public Radio was sort of reading my mind because they've launched what they're calling a mini-J school, a mini-journalism school, not for reporters, but for the public. Don't get me wrong. Throughout my journalism career, I served on countless panels, spoke to countless community groups. I even taught an intro to journalism college course where I devised my own curriculum. This is different. This is a six-week course that began April 9th, and these people are paying to attend, and it's sold out. This is maybe the most elaborate and thorough attempt I've noticed to restore understanding between the public and the press. If you know of another example, please give me a shout. I'm at at Journalism Hero on Twitter. So I reached out to Maria Altman of St. Louis Public Radio to let her explain. Now, before we get to that interview, please subscribe, rate, and review Journalists Are My Heroes wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can support this effort to tell the stories of the professional storytellers on the Anchor podcast platform. By the way, my faithful dog Piper makes a couple of cameos in the background. Blame the rabbits in the backyard and the other dogs strolling by. Her barking lends an extra air of authenticity, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's get to my chat with Maria. Listeners, welcome back to another episode of Journalists Are My Heroes, and I am pleased to have Maria Altman of St. Louis Public Radio with me today. I reached out to her and her colleagues because I noticed they were doing something that, while not maybe not utterly unique, it's I think part of maybe a trend, and we can talk about that. But it was it was just it felt fresh and felt structured in such a way in this time when we're um, the whole premise of this podcast is we're trying to reconnect our audiences out there with what it even means to be a working journalist today. And so St. Louis Public Radio is leading an in-depth series of classes for the public called Mini J School, Mini Journalism School. And I wanted to find out all about this, the how, the why, and all the expectations. So. Maria, thanks for coming on the podcast. Sure. Thanks for having me. You know, one of the things I often throw at my guests first is a simple question, simply, why the hell did you want to be a journalist in the first place? Um, you know, I was about 15 and working at uh, the yearbook, was on the yearbook staff at my high school, and I just, I loved writing, and I thought journalism seemed like a practical way to write. That's kind of just how it started. I, I went from there, decided to go to the University of Iowa, and went through the J School there, worked at the Daily Iowan. Um, my first job out of school was at the Sioux City Journal. And then somewhere along the way, I decided to switch over to radio and have been doing it for the last 20 years. So Yeah, and what did you find, uh, what did you find in radio that you loved that was maybe the same and or different from your first love of writing and news? I think in radio, what I really, really enjoyed was that you hear people 
in a way that you just can't when you read their what they say. And you, you get a sense of the person really through their own words. And it just takes you there. It's a very, a, there's a very strong connection with the listener that I don't think you have quite as much with a reader. And I just, I grew up loving radio. I, I listened to Paul Harvey and, and, you know, even like Casey Kasem, all of it. I just really loved radio and got into public radio while I was a student at the University of Iowa. And kind of talked to my journalism professors about the fact that I was interested in radio and they they told me, no, you're not. You should be a newspaper reporter. So I tried that for a while and then decided, nah, I'm going to I'm going to do radio. Follow your instincts. That's great. So I, sh- yeah, I should tell listeners, I think you've been in St. Louis since about 2004 and you're newscast editor right now, which means what? Well, I started out I, I, as a newscaster myself. That's how I got into radio. Um, Started out in Carbondale, Illinois, uh, moved up to Springfield, Illinois, eventually went to Dallas and then came here about, it's been 14, 15 years ago now, and uh, was the afternoon newscaster and moved into business reporting about five years ago. Mm -hmm. And a year ago, I moved into an editing position. And so I'm in charge of the newscast division, but I'm also working with the education reporter and the business reporter as well. So you're an experienced journalist and you've been out there, you know, telling stories for, you know, for a number of years, which brings me to this whole concept of mini J school, which in a way feels like you guys at some point decided that you had to explain how you even how your journalism function, how you produce stories and how you bring them to your audience. You had to reintroduce yourselves to the people that listen to St. Louis Public Radio. That's what it feels like happened to to make this mini J school come to life. So where was where did the idea come from in the first place? Well, it's interesting because we did, as a newsroom, we didn't really come up with this concept. It was actually sort of the non-journalism part of the radio station. Um, there are some folks on what we call the second floor, which is our, our you know, development folks underwriting. That sounds ominous. It's like... Yeah, it's it's not. They're, they're very nice people. We work with them a lot. <laughs> and uh, they had gone through Washington University here in St. Louis has what it's called a mini med school. And over a number of weeks, they just have people from the public come in and they give this little miniature course on on medical things. And obviously, people don't walk out of it as doctors. They're just getting a window into what it's like to be a doctor or to be in the medical field. And Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what what we started looking at was how could we give a window into being a journalist, what it's like, kind of peel back the curtain a little bit. And it's really not just about St. Louis Public Radio. Um, we're we're kind of talking about uh, media outlets in general. So we have a lot of, of folks from uh, the Post-Dispatch, from other radio stations, from TV stations, and alternative publications as well. So it's not just from our perspective. In fact, most of the sessions we're doing uh, we have a number of outlets involved. You know, it's interesting you bring up the uh, mini med school as a, you know, as kind of an inspiration because there's another sector right now where we're having a lot of public fights over the cost of health care or, uh, you know, who to blame or how to improve it or uh, Obamacare, et cetera, et cetera. And I could see uh, it's a similar need in a way. It's an industry that is trying to uh, provide some outreach and to promote understanding of what it's doing to just everyday people out there. 
Yeah. And I mean, journalism is something I think, though, that people feel like they that they already understand. They see our work. They they watch TV. They listen to the radio. They read the newspaper. And there's sort of a sense of, oh, yeah, I get that. But when you really, as you probably know, when you have conversations with people, they really don't understand some of the processes we go through to decide is something a story, um, the ethics behind it, and sort of the ultimate decisions that we make. So it's kind of for for people who've never done any sort of journalism, it's just a little bit of a deeper sense of how we approach our our jobs. Yeah, I think it might have been Columbia Journalism Review or another source recently had, had a, they have a new survey where majority of Americans assume that sources uh, pay journalists to be in their stories. <laughs> you know, it's like a pay for like a, you know, a content marketing right, or pay to play. advertising. Yeah. So you're right. There's a lot of confusion out there, which I'm... Have you felt that increasingly throughout your career uh, as people talk about polarized climate, et cetera? Or, or has that just always been there as an undercurrent throughout your career? I think that the, the sort of the lack of, of a deep understanding of how journalism works has always been there. But I think that this sort of the strong feelings against sort of the media in quotation marks has mm-hmm. I mean obviously it has increased a lot over the last well certainly since 2016 but even before that um, so and and sort of a sense of trying to explain um, the different kinds of journalism there are and the different kinds of media is is a big challenge because we do just get lumped in with a lot of different things. And there's such a wide, wide range. I mean, if you're talking about social media or, um, I don't know, entertainment journalism, I mean, TMZ is a lot different than public radio, but we're both considered the media. Um, right. So that's one of the things that kind of drives me nuts, even within my own family, when I when I hear the, the words, the media, I'm like, well, what do you, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Right, or or mainstream media, or whatever it might be. I, yeah, if so many of the labels have become uh, meaningless or warped that uh, they're just uh, not even useful anymore. Well, just to help set the stage for listeners, so uh, to, to give them the scope of what you're doing, like you say, you're pulling in a lot of different uh, media organizations and colleagues from around uh, the St. Louis area. And this is, I think, a six-week curriculum, and uh, people are meeting every Wednesday night for at least two hours, I think it is. And so the purpose, it's a lecture and discussion series, for people to gain a greater understanding of the decisions, ethical considerations, and techniques that go into creating credible, fact-based news. And some of the things you're going to touch on include media literacy, investigative work, uh, press freedom, uh, breaking news, even drones, food coverage, politics. So you're right. It, it's, a, it's a large cast of journalists and academics, writers, and you're really touch, you're touching on just about every angle. How much, I mean, how difficult was it to come up with this curriculum? As you said, the, the second floor might have been the, the ones who you know, brought it to you guys, but then you put this together. Uh, was there anything that was... I don't know, in shaping it, was there anything you left out that was difficult to leave out? Or what were some of your thoughts in framing it? Yeah. And, you know, there there were a lot of things that we said, eh, we're not going to get to that this time. And, and if this is successful and people really like it, we'll we'll do it again and, and we can kind of change it up as we go forward. You know, I, I'll be interested to see if people are really interested in talking about ethics, talking about press freedoms and libel law. 
you know, to me, I'm not sure if a general audience is going to be enthusiastic about sitting through, you know, a couple of hours of that or if they're going to really be interested. It's just it's hard for me since I've been doing this you know, for a couple of decades plus to, to know right. exactly what's going to resonate. We're trying to do it in a way where each session is going to have some interaction with with the audience and, and um, so that we'll be asking them questions and having them think about things. So it's not just sort of our panelists or our speakers sort of talking at them um, so that there will be a component of them feeling like they're, they're having to, to – so to think through some of the issues that we do on a daily basis. Um, so that's that's one aspect of it that we're really trying to do. And, and we'll see. We're going to leave time for questions at the end of the sessions and just see what it sparks. I could see it really taking off in, in terms of just the energy because – if you have that discussion, kind of a town hall on the state of media, basically, people are going to come to this. And when you, let's say ethics, they're going to think of a time when either they felt they were wronged by a story, or maybe that they were, you know, they some reporter helped bring justice to their situation. So I have a feeling they're just naturally, I think they're going to bring in these real world, world examples to, to bring the discussion to life. At least that's my guess. I, we'll see what happens. And it'll be interesting, too, because I think in that particular Particularly, particularly with ethics, we're going to ask some questions and have them think through um, some things like, okay, you're a reporter. Are you able to sign um, a ballot, a petition um, initiative for a ballot issue? Are you able to put a campaign sign in your yard? Um, right. Some, you know, one of your sources offers to take you out to lunch. Is that okay? You know, things that I know from, from, you know, over the years having discussions with friends that people really don't get about sort of the the hard rules of being a journalist and what you are or not supposed to do. Um, So that'll be interesting to see what, what people come up with. Yeah, I've, you know, throughout my journalism career, I sat in a lot of those meetings through the years. And you had to keep having them just as it has to be a continuing conversation. So the bumper stickers, the campaign signs in the yard, spouses, that's all familiar. You know, the the, the meeting that was probably the most tense in my career was back when you had the Vote for Change tour and you had all those uh, famous rock stars that were out there campaigning, I think, uh, during the John Kerry cycle. Mm. And so people you had, wanted you, to go you, see some music. Yeah. Oh, they wanted to go see Bruce Springsteen, but they couldn't buy the tickets because it was a, it was effectively a campaign contribution. So that that almost uh, that almost brought the newsroom to blows. But uh, you're right; it's it, people don't realize that that is happening behind the scenes all the time. So I I should add one other thing I forgot to tell listeners. It's not like this is just hey, come meet us here at, uh, in our classroom on this night. I think you guys sold tickets. And you sold and you sold out. We did. We have a so people are paying for this. They people are. are paying for this. Yeah, they're they're paying one hundred and twenty dollars for the six weeks, and we've gotten I think it's a hundred people. So and that's the limit. So we're doing this in our community room, which is on our first floor. And yeah, I I I think that we've put together a really good program, and that that people will feel like it was really worth it. I certainly hope so. I mean, were you thinking that you were going to sell out when you put this on sale? Did you pitch it as sort of another wrinkle on your fundraising, or how did you know how did you put it out there? I think that the and this again, 
<laughs> is is more sort of the, the I'm not really involved in that side of things. So I don't mm-hmm. know that it was really I think it's really sort of the 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 financial thing was to cover our costs and to make sure there's like a, a small per diem for some of our speakers coming in. We have one person who's going to have to stay overnight here in St. Louis. So really, it's covering our costs. And I don't really think that it's it's meant as a as a moneymaker per se or a fundraising event. But it it was in part to raise awareness about St. Louis Public Radio to get people in into our area and see that we do have a community room and then just, you know, kind of um, highlight the fact that we're a a conversation starter and to show people a little bit about how seriously we take journalism, not only our own journalism, but just sort of um, the importance of good journalism. Yeah, what will be what will be, will be your particular role in the classroom? Will there be a night that you are the main lecturer, or you facilitate a conversation? I am um, hosting um, later this month, and my section is not necessarily things that are because I'm particularly, you know, great at talking about this. Um, but I'll be moderating the discussion about how we cover breaking news, and the second part of that evening will be about television weather. Um, which is actually something I know very little about meteorology, but we've got a, a really great um, retired meteorologist who was, you know, beloved in St. Louis coming in to talk. So that's going to be, I think it'll be really fun. So I imagine with breaking news, there's an example of how just technology, social media has changed so much in the last couple of decades, well, the last decade especially. And I imagine you'll get into areas of, when things are flying so fast on Twitter, say it's a natural disaster or, a, uh, you know, a tragedy, a shooting, whatever it might be. Or a governor statist- resigning yeah, you know, yeah, here in Missouri. There we, go. there we go. The Missouri governor resigning. That's There's one you can apply directly to experience. Yeah. So when the facts are flying so fast and loose in, in the immediate wake of something, I suppose you can really tell the public okay, here are the rules of the road that we follow, and here's how they've changed in the last X number of years. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Social media really, um, you know, that sort of sprint to try to get something out before anybody else. Here, we very much are like, we've got to, you know, we got to verify, we got to verify, we got to verify. We're not going to necessarily rush to be first. If we can be, wonderful, but we want to be right. Um, And and at that particular session, we're going to have a TV station. We're going to have um, the Belleville News Democrat, which is a newspaper right across the river in Illinois. And then um, our news director will be in on that discussion as well. And, you know, we we certainly are different outlets, different, and we have different audiences. And so we'll also be talking about what are we, what do we really pivot to? What are the kinds of stories that we're absolutely going to stop everything and get people out to. And that's going to be different for a TV station than it is for a public radio station. And it's going to be different for a regional newspaper um, than it is for us as well. So that'll be interesting as well to kind of hear those differences. As you mentioned, you had the resignation of Governor Greitens there and, and quite a colorful scandal that led up to it. Did that, so going with that as a specific example, did that change your mind or teach you personally anything about breaking news, ethics, any of that, investigations? Ethics for sure. I mean, in our political team, we have some really, really seasoned political reporters. And and so they they knew things and had heard things that the rest of the newsroom did not know about and chose not to report on until a TV station broke the story. And mm. the way the TV station broke the story is, is has some questionable 
things about how they went about it. And mm-hmm. um, so that certainly was was an interesting um, case. And we we talked about the ethics of that even on we have a show called St. Louis on the Air that airs five days a week. And we had a discussion about um, th- how that news was covered and why we did things the way we did them and as opposed to possibly the TV station we even had a representative from that TV station on. And so yeah, we we often are having even conversations publicly about how we do things um, for a story that big and, you know, obviously it did sort of unravel his um, governorship and and changed a lot uh, in in our state. So yeah, it was it was interesting days, and it was very very it was a long process. Well, that so you, uh, you're going to go through this uh, six week mini J school, and of course you're going to impact the lives of the 100 people there. Uh, you're collaborating with colleagues from across the media landscape locally. What else do you hope to get out of this? I mean, will you be recording uh, any of these sessions? Is there already talk of a potential sequel? What do you see as the future of this? Yeah, we t- we talked about recording them and then decided, you know, we really want this to be an in-person experience. And, you know, it's so different how you communicate with people sort of in a live experience versus a recorded experience. And you know, we just didn't want to have to mic audience members and, and do all of that. So this will be... Um, it will be a small group of people, 100 people, but we do hope that this is something, if it goes well and people are excited about it, that we can do it again next year and, and you know, maybe once or twice a year reach a whole new group of people. And I think we'll be able to hone sort of what our conversations are about and see what really resonates with people and and also learn what what their big questions are and see if we can address some of those going forward. I mean, I reached out to talk about this because it seemed like it was an incarnation of so many things I talk about on this podcast uh, in trying to reconnect just everyday people with the media that maybe they don't pay as much attention to anymore. And obviously, you've got a really engaged audience down there. So what was it like? Was this unprecedented with the amount of interaction you're having with your other newsrooms in the in the metro or not? I mean, is this a new level of collaboration for you just with your colleagues? Yeah, it, it is. It is and it isn't. I mean, I, I've been involved um, in, in terms of, of being a part and doing a station event. We're, we've always been pretty collaborative. Um, and I would say our managing editor, Shula Newman, is really, really collaborative. And we are working with a TV station, KSDK. We have a partnership with them. And so when we have a reporter that breaks a story or knows a lot about a story, they will have the reporter on. And we also can use their audio anytime we want, as long as we credit them on the air. So that's a great partnership. We also have a partnership with the St. Louis American, which is a traditionally African-American newspaper here in St. Louis. Um, We're working with the Belleville News Democrat. We're actually going to have a reporter, a new reporter starting this summer that will be based in their newsroom, but they'll be working for us. um, And but we're going to share content uh, between that reporter and they can pick up their stories and we can pick up stories from from the newspaper as well. So, yeah, we're really collaborating more and more. um, And it's it's just makes sense. I mean, we have to have. We compete sort of with the Post-Dispatch and with other media outlets. I mean, of course, our reporters want to be the first to, to have a story and have a scoop. But it's it's a very friendly competition. And, 
you know, for, for me personally, I have a lot of friends at the Post-Dispatch and at, at other outlets. And it's one of those situations where you want everybody to succeed because it just makes the city so much better if you have good journalism and a good newspaper and good public radio station and and on and on. So yeah, we've been doing a lot of collaborating more and more in the last couple of years. And I think that's going to continue. That's great. Yeah, I've been talking to other journalists about that very thing, too. Um, And I'm always happy to hear that because I think it does make the community stronger, uh, especially at this moment in time for media. Well, this has been a great conversation, Maria. I'll let you go, but I just have a couple quick questions here at the end. One, I've just, what's a story that you've covered in St. Louis during your career there that you can't get out of your mind, that that maybe one of your favorites or one that you uh, end up telling people about over and over, one that you maybe you're proudest of? You know, I think the one that had, well... The biggest impact probably was covering what happened in Ferguson, uh, mm. which is probably not a big surprise because it was it was mm-hmm. really, um, I think it really altered the way I thought of St. Louis. And I thought I knew St. Louis pretty well, but Ferguson happened to be just very, very close to where the radio station used to be located. We, we were actually on the campus of the University of Missouri-St. Louis, and Ferguson is like right next door. It's this... Very cute little town, not what you saw necessarily in the national um, media when right. when it was, you know, everything was, was all about, you know, uh, rallies the and rioting and, and, and yeah. things. And so that was, it was a very eye-opening experience. And it also allowed for conversations that just were not really possible before then. So it changed our newsroom. It changed how we approach doing journalism in St. Louis and the kinds of things that we cover on a on a daily basis. And I think that that was a really, really um, a positive step for us to 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 have things opened up so much. Um, For me, in in a separate story, but somewhat related, um, I covered uh, the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, a big federal agency that has been here in St. Louis for years and years and years, decades, is going to be building a new campus. And it happens to be um, going in on the north side of St. Louis. And it was a positive story in terms of, wow, investment, $1.75 billion in a traditionally just an area that's been disinvested in. But I I was able to meet some of the people who had to move because of this and just hearing their stories and hearing the promises that had been made to them for years and years. And it it was a really, um, for me, very eye-opening experience as well. And um, I felt really fortunate to have gotten to be able to tell those stories and and help tell those stories now as an editor. Well, good work, Maria. Good work. All right. So the last thing, I, uh, I'm i a native Iowan. My regular listeners know that. But in full disclosure, I had no idea before I invited you on this podcast that you were also a native Iowan. And I, I found somewhere in your biography that you said that you can, I think, name every celebrity or historical figure with even the slightest connection to the Hawkeye Oh, state. don't put me to the test, though. <laughs> I'm just going to, let me see, pulling something out of the air. So you can probably tell me where Johnny Carson was born in Iowa then, right? Oh, I um, uh, I want to say Sheldon, but I think that's where he ended up in Nebraska. I'm going to mess you're, this up. You were close. It's Corning. That's okay. You're, you're still, a, you're, 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 you have your Iowa cred, don't worry. 
So, and you definitely have the journalism cred, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk about Mini J School. Good luck with the entire course. I'm going to be interested to uh, hear about it. I hope you, I know, I understand you're not recording it, and I totally agree with that, but I'll just be interested to, you know, uh, hear some podcast you guys, when you guys discuss it on a talk show coming up or something. Well, absolutely, and, and, you know, maybe we'll invite you down next time around, and you can be one of our panelists. Oh, there. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, Maria, uh, have a great uh, have a great spring and summer. And yeah, we'll uh, catch up with you on the other side of Mini J School. Thanks so much. So thanks for listening to another episode of Journalists Are My Heroes, and thanks to Maria and everybody down there at St. Louis Public Radio, including Alex Hoyer, for talking about Mini J School, and best of luck to them truly uh, in the next six weeks. Please, as I said, subscribe, rate, and review Journalists Are My Heroes. Reach out. I am at Journalism Hero on Twitter and on Instagram, and you can always reach me at Kyle Lee Munson, K-Y-L-E, L-E-E-M-U-N-S-O-N at gmail.com. Please also subscribe to your sources of local news. Give them story ideas. Give them constructive criticism. Stay engaged. And thanks for listening to the podcast, and we'll have another episode soon. Take care.